Good morning and welcome to Northminster, where you can be seen, where you are known, and where whoever you are, you are named Beloved. As we mentioned last week, we can't exactly mark sacred space together right now, but there are ways that we can mark this time. Light a candle, make a cup of coffee, anything that could ritualize this experience and ground you in this sanctuary in time. This morning is the fifth Sunday in the season of resurrection of Eastertide. Through sacred story and song, we will be exploring the image of God as the one who gives us birth and offering up in prayer the many feelings that have been rising and falling over the last week. Now, as we begin today's liturgy, receive this blessing over our time together. Beloved children of our Mother God, this morning may we experience the grace and peace of the God who holds us in her hands, who embraces us with a mother's everlasting love, and who has been walking alongside us all our days. Let us worship God together. If you've been with us these past few weeks, then you know that we've been moving through a series of some of the most common questions we're struggling with in the midst of this pandemic and talking about them through the lens of prayer. I hope you found these helpful and I hope that you'll continue to find them helpful. But this week, with some of the stories and feelings that many of us have been carrying, we're going to take a break from that series and return to a good old fashioned pastoral prayer. One of the benefits of being online, though, is that there is room here for more of us to make our voices heard. So we will have a few minutes after the prayer for you to share in the chat or in the comments what has been lifting your heart or weighing it down. By the way, we've had several people tell us that they're watching this ser uh, these services on their television screen. And if you're doing that, I want to take a second to let you know that you can still participate in the chat if you open this feed also in your YouTube app on your phone or on your computer while you watch it on your TV screen. So, would you join me now in taking a couple of deep breaths before we pray together? Would you join me in prayer? Holy God, loving companion presence dwelling in every human heart, take our griefs, our joys, the rise and fall of the feelings we each carry and make them one in you. Gather us together and unite our prayers in harmony that we might know that we are neither alone nor unimportant but a part of your body. This morning we celebrate the joys and meaning of motherhood, expressing gratitude for each of our mothers, biological and otherwise. 
And this morning we also sit with the complex tensions and griefs that accompany motherhood, broken promises, and unfulfilled expectations. Lord, hear our prayer. This morning we carry the story of Ahmad Arbery, only the latest expression of our nation's original sin of racism. May your spirit of justice prevail, not only in this case, but in healing the wound that many of us are too ashamed and too overwhelmed to look at with any degree of clarity. Grant courage and reconciliation, restoration and equity. Empower each of us as prophets and voices of the new future, the future of freedom and peace into which you call us. Lord, hear our prayer. This morning we carry the frustration of governments, local and national, placing the economy over the value of human life. While at the same time we carry an equal measure of frustration at record levels of unemployment and insecurity. Grant us the empathy and hospitality to care for the most vulnerable among us beginning with those in our backyard. Lord, hear our prayer. For each of these prayers that I have voiced, for each of the prayers your people will voice this morning, and for each of the prayers we carry too deep for words, Lord, in your grace, hear our prayer. John 3, verses 1 through 8. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly, I tell you, No one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit, What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, You must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. This is one of our sacred stories. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. Today we veer off of the liturgical calendar and take a detour toward what we might cynically call the Hallmark calendar. Now, normally it is important to us at Northminster that we order the rhythm of our communal life to the beat of a different drum 
than the one our culture is so often playing. We keep time according to the sacred stories and seasons that guide us. But as I've seen so many of you post recently, it is sometimes hard even to keep track of what day it is right now. So I trust that you're in a place to forgive me this once. We are still in the season of Eastertide, but today is also Mother's Day. Mothering Sunday, as it's known in some other countries. This is an important day, an important kind of day, or at least it has the potential to be, if we can see past the marketing gimmicks. It's actually kind of shocking when you think about it, that in a culture such as our own, we have this practice of stopping each year to turn every one of us to those who have cared for us, nurtured us, pushed us, supported us, to those who have mothered us in every sense of the word, and to practice gratitude together. I know I am grateful today for my mother and my grandmothers, for all those who have been like a mother to me. I imagine that you are too. But like many significant days that have passed during the pandemic, it doesn't really feel like Mother's Day today. We won't go out to eat with the whole family. Many of us won't even be with the whole family at all. Our gift giving has been affected. I imagine there are a lot more gift cards being given this year, and it will be some time before the experiences those gift cards facilitate can actually come to pass. For some of us, though, perhaps the unusual nature of this Mother's Day comes as a welcome relief. For some, this is a day that is always difficult because of whatever grief they carry surrounding mothers and mothering. Perhaps for them, this year is a chance to catch a break on observing this difficult day. And then for others, those who do find joy and meaning in this day, the fact that it has been taken from them too is just one more loss added to an ever-growing list of small griefs, which in time are adding up to enough to really weigh on us. Women are also facing all kinds of new and unique challenges on this Mother's Day. There are the mothers with kids who are now stuck home and going stir crazy. Mothers who are trying to navigate working from home while maintaining their sanity. There are mothers who are dealing with job insecurity or food insecurity or both and are faced with very real questions right now about their ability to provide for their family. There are women dealing with infertility who've had to press pause on an already difficult and often time-sensitive process. 
There are those who are pregnant or giving birth in the midst of a pandemic and facing all the normal anxieties of that season in addition to those layered on by the virus. There are women and children facing violence at home who are now stuck at home on lockdown with their abuser. There are mothers, too many of them, like Wanda Cooper-Jones, the mother of Ahmaud Arbery, women who are afraid that this pandemic might steal from them the justice their children deserve. There are mothers who are working on the front lines, who are unable to be with their children if they want to ensure their safety. There are mothers in assisted living who can't have visitors today or any day. There are families wondering if this is the last Mother's Day their mother will see and they can't be together. And there are those who would have grieved this Mother's Day regardless because of the mother or the child whose life they are remembering. But now with the added weight of all these other griefs piled on top. So despite our gratitude, there is a heaviness in the air today. So on a Mother's Day, when what many of us could use most, more than ever, is a cup of tea and a hug from mom, but when most of us won't be able to see that happen, or even if we can, we have so much else weighing on us this year, let's stop and take a minute and remind ourselves of our first mother of the God who gives us birth, who welcomes us home, starts the hot water, and draws us in to her embrace. What does it mean to speak of God as mother? Is it accomplishing anything other than stirring the pot? Before I answer that, it's worth taking note that this is not a newfangled idea. Even the Hebrew scriptures, which we all know were forged in the primordial fires of patriarchy, are laden with female images for God, and especially God as mother. Aside from the groundwork laid in the claim of Genesis 1 that humanity was created in the image of God, male and female, Hosea describes God as a mother teaching nations to walk, bending down to feed them as an infant. In Deuteronomy, God is a mother eagle carrying her young. Elsewhere in Hosea, God is a mother bear. In Isaiah, God is a woman in labor, and then a nursing mother, and then a mother comforting her child. And in Moses' prophetic song offered to the nation of Israel near the end of his days, he reprimands them. You were unmindful of the rock that bore you. 
you forgot the God who gave you birth. It seems like Jesus must have had these images on his mind that night when Nicodemus approached him under cover of darkness. Rabbi, Nicodemus prompts him, surely you're the real thing, right? You seem like the real thing. Jesus responds with an enigma. Here's what's real, he says in this passage that would become so central for born-again Christians. No one really sees the kingdom unless they are born of the Spirit. In other words, unless you remember the God who gives you birth. For a faith that has such a terrible track record when it comes to supporting or validating women's worth and wholeness, this Christian story certainly is grounded in rich and beautiful imagery of our mothering God. So here we are, back at that question. When it's so jarring and even uncomfortable for some of us to talk about Mother God, why is it even worth it to go out of our way to use feminine language for God? To call God Mother or to use she, her, or hers? Even reading through that litany of images from scripture, it's clear enough that despite the existence of some beautiful feminine metaphors, the writers of the Bible defaulted to male language for God most every time. But here's the thing. Most of us, if pressed, would say, of course we don't really believe God is male. We don't believe God has a physical body like humans that can be assigned a gender. God transcends gender. This is the only way we can make sense of an idea like the one found in Genesis 1, that both male and female are created in the image of God. However, when we allow ourselves to default to male language every single time, we reinforce the idea that God is male. And it's a short stretch for the human psyche from God is male to male is God. Some hear that and conclude the only option is to use feminine language to balance things out. Others want to take the middle road. If God is genderless, let's use gender neutral language. God self instead of himself or herself. Or we can go with they and their instead of his or her. This is what some of our newer translations of scripture are attempting in order to address this same concern. Only here's the problem with that. When you've spent your entire life 
hearing the word God and making the association male, you can't just flip a switch and decide to now register the word God as gender neutral in your subconscious. If I were to say, then God reached out God's hand, was that a man's hand or a woman's in your mind? This is why I believe we owe it to ourselves and we owe it to God to give back to God the other half of her being of which we have deprived her for far too long. When we are truly able to conceive of a God who transcends gender, there will be no more need for the hierarchies that have kept women in their place for millennia, that have facilitated inequality and repression, that have pained the heart of our mother, God. Beloved, you who are made in the image of this God who transcends gender, are you, like God, a mother laboring to birth into this world something beautiful and true in this season? Your mother, God, stands behind you, supporting you, holding your hand, and whispering, you can do this. Beloved, are you a child today in need of a divine mother? Your mother God cares so deeply for you, welcomes you home, welcomes all of you in. All of your fears, your anxieties, your anger, your outrage, your grief. God, our mother, knows it and welcomes it, for she is the mother of us all. May we find solace in the knowledge of her. May we find in her comforting presence the strength to carry on. Amen.
at your loom You craft earth's raiments of clouds, stars and sky You set a table about your feast Where we can taste and see all the goodness you're Savior, a holy midwife, caring for emerging waters. Your house, O mothering spirit, is there to welcome us home, where we may live forevermore. O oh, Mother in Spirit, O oh, Mother in Spirit, Gathering in communion with one another and the Spirit of God, we arrive at the table our Mother God has set for us. Around this table we sit with Jesus and his disciples on the night he was handed over. As the body of an expectant mother will provide calcium for her child from her own bones, so too does the love of Christ provide from his generosity and grace. Around this table, we remember the words, this is my body given for you. As the child in a mother's womb depends on the lifeblood she offers, so too do we depend on Christ's blood shed to reveal us beloved. Around this table, we remember his words, this is the seal of the new covenant my poured out life. As often as we break bread and pour wine, may we remember the sustaining love and embracing grace of our God. Our Father, our Mother, who art in heaven, who is in all the earth, hallowed be thy name. Holy is your truth. Thy kingdom come. May your wisdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your circle be one, uniting heaven and earth. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us today a nurturing spirit. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Heal through us as we ourselves are healed. 
Lead us not into temptation. Lead us into the fullness of life. But deliver us from evil. And liberate all that is good. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. For the wisdom, the power, the presence, and the goodness are yours. Now and forever. Now and forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being here. We hope that this experience has opened us in some way to God's presence so that we can go forth in the likeness of Christ. We have just a few quick announcements before we disperse. Part of our work right now as the shockwave subsides is exploring the question of who we are right now as a church. What is this story about? Where are we in it? And where is it going? To that end, I want to mention two things before we go. First, next Sunday, the 17th at 5.30, there will be a church-wide story listening event over Zoom. We'll have a chance to break out into groups to connect over stories of Northminster, what we're most proud of, when we felt most alive, and what we're sorry about. And second, please check the newsletter for information about our weekly online interview series, asking similar questions to individual church members and hearing the stories that they have to share. And friends, if you find yourself carrying grief in this season, whether it seems warranted or not, whether you're ready to call it grief or not, whether it feels under control or utterly unmanageable, I invite you to join us online this Tuesday night for the first of three sessions in a retreat with Jan Richardson's book, The Cure for Sorrow, a book of blessings for times of grief. You can find out more on the website or on our Facebook page, and the book is available as an ebook online. Feel free to reach out with any questions about how you can get connected. As always, check the newsletter for more information about what's going on in the life of the church, and don't forget to give. Remember, we're, con we're continuing to pay our choral scholars, childcare workers, and staff, so your contributions are greatly appreciated. Now receive this benediction. Beloved children of our loving Mother God, go now in the grace and peace of the God who holds you in her hands. 
who embraces you with a mother's everlasting love, who walks alongside you all your days. You are seen, you are loved. Go in peace. Amen.